Hi everyone, I'm Kara Scott and welcome to the Heart of Poker sponsored by 888Poker, a podcast that looks at the heart and soul of the players we root for at the poker table. I use a modified list of the questions from the 36 questions to fall in love study developed 25 years ago by psychologists as part of an experiment to see if they could make total strangers fall in love with a kind of shortcut for getting to know someone on a deeper level. My guest this time is Nadia Magnus, one of the GPI's 2021 Players of the Year, a very prestigious title to win based on nothing but poker results. So she clearly had a fantastic 2021 at the Feld, but she also made headlines in a different way. She gave us one of the most heartwarming stories of the holiday season, when she just decided to gift three women, strangers, a 5K win winter classic entry each. That's a $2 million guaranteed poker tournament. Like a lot of people, I was stunned by her generosity. There's wanting to promote women in poker, and then there's really putting your money where your mouth is, especially as an individual rather than a company or organization. Nadia said she wanted more women to be able to share in the awesome experience of playing such an event. Nadia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Well, hi, uh, everyone. And Hi, Kara. I'm really, you know, honored to be on your podcast, and I've always had the utmost respect for, you know, what you do for poker ah. and what you do for women. So I'm really, <laughs> you know, like a little kid in the candy store right now. Ah, that's awesome to hear. Thank you. I really appreciate that. No, I was. I'm not even exaggerating. I was completely blown away. Um, I mean, over the kind of winter season when everyone is at the World Series, obviously I was watching everything happening and wishing I could be there as well. And then just seeing kind of stories coming out like this. I mean, there isn't another story like this. Kind of, you know, $15,000, it's not a small amount of money. What prompted you to give away those three seats at that moment? What is it about that year that made you want to do it? Uh, really, the decision was absolutely spontaneous. Well, first of all, it was going to be just 10000 <laughs> Yeah. Then, but then there was this, uh, you know, little 70-year-old lady. And uh, while uh, all the submissions were coming in on, a, on Twitter, I was playing uh, day one of that same 5K. And people already kind of got the word that this was going on. And everybody was just like, well, we want this lady to win. I'm like, I can't do that. You know, (laughs) it wouldn't be fair if I would be just like, you know, pressured into giving the seat to someone. It should be, you know, it should be fair to everyone. And uh, later on, when, you know, the results came in and I had to ask my friends to help me out because it was like late at night and, you know, there were so many good candidates. Mm. And after, you know, we picked one candidate and then I drew another one from a hat, if you will. <laughs> and uh, she wasn't one of them, the, the 70-year-old, you know, little lady. And I, I just felt sad. I was like, oh. well, I really wanted her to win. And I'm like, well, this is just going to have to be three of them. That's the bottom wow. line. And, uh, but the reason how it all, I mean, the way how it all happened was um, I played um WPT five diamond uh, a few days prior to that. Well, a couple of days prior to that, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, on my second bullet, I got seated at the table with three other women. Uh, and it was Juan huh. Lu, uh, Emma oh, yeah. Lizmovich, and another girl. I don't know her name, but I've seen her, you know, on the circuit. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they're like ladies. I was like, oh, yeah, great. You know, soft spots. Those aren't soft ladies, you know. And Yeah, um, for sure. Right. And I was sitting there and nonetheless, I felt so comfortable sitting at that table mm. because we were now 50-50, you know, kind of, you know, four yeah. women and five guys. And 
you know, guys weren't, you know, dominating, that just felt great. Yeah. And, um, you know, I busted promptly and went home and woke up next day. And I'm like, hmm, it kind of like kind of got stuck in my head. And I was scrolling through Twitter. And I think somebody, um, it popped up in my feed, like um, uh, Gary Cates, I think. He was like, oh, I'm giving away 1% of my winnings to whoever lucky, several followers mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. But then I was like, well, if I just give 1% of my winnings, they don't win anything, then they're not <laughs> going to get anything. <laughs> and I figured, well, I might as well just give away seats and have them win, maybe probably win something for themselves. And that will, you know, boost their bankroll, bankroll and then, you know, they will continue playing. Wow. And that's how idea, that's how I came up with that idea, really. Huh. Well, it definitely drew a lot of eyes as well to the idea that, you know, there aren't as many, obviously we know this in poker, there just aren't as many women playing, especially live at the poker tables as there are men. And and I know what you mean. I've actually been in, you know, I've been in tournaments and at tables over here in Europe or in the States, although kind of less in the States, where it feels like there's much more parity in the numbers where you've got just even like three women at a table. <laughs> it just even feels- two. Yeah, even two, it feels so different. And that actually happens a fair amount over here in Europe. We'll get- too. It's kind of surprising sometimes when I don't. But like it does change the feel of a tournament for you, doesn't it? For sure. It for sure does. And it doesn't matter how many years have you been playing poker for. I mean, you still, you know, you still kind of feel that. Okay, here's men and here's you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something I mean, you stand you out. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you don't always want to stand out in poker. I mean, you don't don't really want to give people a reason to kind of be paying attention to your play if they're not going to already. And I know at like high level tournaments, obviously people are watching how you play, but when you're a woman, you can really stand out at the table. And that's definitely not always an advantage. Although I know people talk about making it an advantage. So um well, first of all, I just want to say congratulations on the well, GPI award. Wow. What does that you. feel like? <laughs> um first of all, I think it feels like a relief if you will ah, huh. <laughs> and, I'll t- and I'll tell you why because uh, it's a it's a kind of a long story how I got to where I'm at today in terms of the uh, number one because last year uh, 2020 uh, it started off really good for me and from then on I was like oh I had a good start you know I should mm-hmm. you know really try you know to go for it and then obviously you know COVID hit and you know all that yeah um, and nonetheless, uh, tournaments were resumed in August, I believe, and I started playing in September. And by December 3rd, that's when uh, GPI announced that they're canceling the race for 2020. I oh. was in uh, first place. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. And I'm like, and I had my trip planned out to uh, go to Vegas to kind of like make sure that nobody passes me. Yeah. And here comes the announcement. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. I canceled my trip. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to go. It's not worth it because, you know, December is a kind of a holiday season. There are a lot of things going on. And um, I canceled it. And I'm like, this is just so unfair. I wish they mm. would have announced that a lot of earlier. And, you know, that way I didn't have to you know, play certain tournaments that I usually <laughs> don't play, if you will. But, right. you know, and, and, and it's emotional, you know, you put a lot of, it's a lot of sacrifice in, in order to get, to get there. It's just, it's enormous amount of sacrifice. You sacrifice mm. your time with your family, your friends, uh, 
it's just, and it's a lot of pressure. I mean, especially when you're leading, like if you're catching up, there is no pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're leading and it's, you know, and I'm, you know, it's just me being me. I'm always, you know, pressuring myself. And here I'm like, okay, I'm in the lead. I'm just not going to let it go. And that's how this, this year was as well. Um, By the time WSOP rolled in, uh, I was in a pretty big lead and I'm like, oh yeah, great. You know, this WSOP and I'm going to just, you know, keep posting the points. But the later in the year you go, the harder it is to get more points simply yeah. because you have to replace them. And then on top of that, I hit, I hit the, I got hit by the variance. I Oof. couldn't, I couldn't win a 70, 30 <laughs> and 80, 20. I just couldn't. <laughs> and somebody at twi- on Twitter even posted at me like, Hey, just don't go all in. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess, I guess that, you know, that's an option, but it, it was, it was extremely tough, like emotionally, because you're yeah. putting so much work in, you played all these tournaments, you know, and I was discussing it with a group of my friends, just thinking like, well, maybe I'm just not doing things right. You know, maybe it's not mm. the variance. Maybe it's just, you know, me. I started writing down the hands and, you know, the all ins and we ran all kinds of, you know, numbers and no, it turns out that I'm just on the bad side of the variance. Obviously, mm. there are mistakes as well. Nobody nobody can play without making mistakes. But nonetheless, there was that. And here I am, you know, I have this lead that I want to <laughs> hold for the second year in a row. <laughs> and here's this last two months where I just can watch it sleeping it away because my uh, uh, opponents, the other girls, they just like, they had a great end of the year, believe it or not, uh. all of all of them. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And it was, it was pretty stressful. And yeah, um, how do you deal with that kind of stress? Cause that is a lot of pressure and you do sound like the kind of person who puts a ton of pressure on yourself. I do all yeah. the time. It has to be perfect or, you know, I can't sleep at night. Yeah. Uh, at first it's kind of not as hard as at the end, mm. I guess. Well, at first it's like, all right, well, you know. So you losing all in after all in after all in, but like at the end of like third month, you're a little bit like concerned. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, if it wasn't for GPI and I would have been for GPI, you know, um, a number one spot, uh, I probably by hitting this, you know, kind of bad variance, I probably would have just stopped playing and gave myself a break. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I just need a break away from the tables, kind of recuperate and you know, get my, myself, you know, psychologically and mentally get myself together. Mm. But I couldn't, I couldn't stop simply because I had this situation. And again, it's for the second year in a row, it came down <sighs> to, to December. And I'm like, I just can't let it go. I worked so hard. And it's really hard. Uh, and um, at the very end, after this 5k tournament, this very last one, <laughs> after I busted, again, at the, at the, at the end of the day, uh, day one. And that was it. That was clear to me. This is it. There is no number of points I'm going to earn, period. I've got what mm. I've got. Um, I was, you know, pretty, pretty down. And the, and the next, I, you know, went to bed, was barely, barely slept and woke up next day. It kind of like stayed in bed all day. Just, I couldn't oh. eat. I couldn't sleep. I didn't turn the lights on. I was just like, I was lifeless. Damn. Yeah. And it, well, it's a three month, I mean, it's really a two year race that it all came down to this. And then I finally just, uh, I finally just burst into tears and tears. Mm. And I was crying (laughs) on my fiance's shoulder, 
just like just like a little girl like cried for yeah. a good 10 minutes and then I was good and yeah. I let all that pressure out and then I was good and I never cried I mean it mm-hmm. takes it takes it takes a lot to make me cry like I just don't do that I grew up yeah. in Soviet Union and I was beaten for crying like you right. can't let your emotions out you just can't and then this time it's just I let it out and I was that much better. The next day I was up and running. Everything was great. And I was like, hey, whatever happens, happens. I, I just know that I gave it all of it, you know, yeah. all of myself. I, I did everything I could. Wow. So when you, when you knew that it was yours, that all of that hard work, the sacrifice, two years of that, that it was yours and that you win, you won the title, like where were you and how did that feel? What was that like for you? Um, well, is it maybe, like the maybe, relief was the major thing? It was the major thing. Yeah. yeah. Relief wow. was the major thing. That was just hmm. like, you know what? Got it off my shoulder. I don't want to do it again. I mean, if it happens, <laughs> happens, that's great. Yeah. I don't want to kill myself over this because yeah. it's just, it's, a, it's not only that it's a lot of pressure on me, but it's a lot of pressure right. on people around me. Yeah, uh, for sure. On my loved ones, because, you know, I talk about it and, you know, they kind of feel sorry for me on top of everything, you know, and for my <laughs> friends and my friends, all they could hear lately in the group chat is that, oh, you know, I busted this one and that one and it's slipping away again and all that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, and they were saying, look, you're far ahead. It's really hard to get to where you're at. And, and they were trying yeah. to, you know, they were doing everything they can, but, you know, I owe them a big, you know, um, a big thank you and, mm. you know, and everything else for just dealing with me uh, when I was, the last three months were really, really tough. Yeah, so. it is. I mean, poker is such a high pressure game, <laughs> but that situation is like a particular kind of pressure that most 99.9% of poker players are never going to understand. I mean, I'm never going to be able to understand what that was like. So as an experience that must have, do you think that you kind of taking things and lessons forward from that, that do you think you learned about yourself, about poker itself, kind of going through this whole race? Uh, that's what I was trying to like catch myself think- thinking about, like, look, uh, there's a Russian saying, whatever happens, it happens for better or Mm. for a reason, you know, all that. And I was like, well, there's got to be uh, a better part of it <laughs> <laughs> under all of that, you know, and the better part of it, I suppose, you know, I caught uh, myself making a lot of mistakes um, that I probably wouldn't have had I not been under pressure. For so, sure. so I kind of know, okay, this is something I need to work on, you know. Uh, it, it's just, it's just, um, again, uh, it's probably been following me throughout my entire life that I never, I could never get anything unless I work really, really hard for a long, long time. Like nothing right. ever just fell to my feet. Like, here you go. You know, <laughs> you just got lucky. You just want something or something like that. I had to just, it's it just how it is, you know, how my life is. And I was just thinking to myself, well, I guess this is how it is. I just need to work mm. hard. And my lesson was like, well, maybe I need to work even harder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, kind of kind of like that and then and then again um i i just need to stop i suppose putting that much pressure on myself because right. a lot of that pressure is really not the situation it's really me who's doing it to myself right and i i wonder too like 
for you, did you think that having that kind of ability to just sort of let it go and have that cry? Because, I mean, not being the kind of person who does that, that must have been, you must have been right at a breaking point for yourself to do that. And then you were saying that that actually kind of helped you recenter yourself. Is that a kind of a different way for you? Is that a different way forward, maybe? I hope so. It's, well, it's not that I want to make myself a crying baby now. You know, like every time I feel pressure, I just kind of cry. It's not what I want to do. But uh, I guess after a prolonged situation like this, where you're just like doing it over and over again, and, you know, it's literally lasted for two years, I yeah. guess, you know, I guess it helps to kind of cry at the end. And those weren't the tears of happiness. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> those were the tears of um, month and month of frustration and just, you know, hard work and, Mm. It, it wasn't, none of it was easy. You know, I came close a couple of times to the title and then I ran, you know, super yeah. poor at the very end when we were, you know, I was that close. And um, when I took the second, uh, second place in um, 2K, I think that mm. was a, that was a very like, uh, I, I could taste the title, like I could taste it. And then, mm. uh, and then, you know, I got it in the two pair versus second pair and sure enough, it got <laughs> trips, but you know, it, it's kind of like that, but it, it kind of teaches you that nothing is not, nothing is given in poker. You just have yeah. to continuously work uh, on it, and then you know, and, and then see what happens. And mm -hmm. That's, I yeah. guess, the lesson. That that's lesson that you could take uh, into your life, not just poker. Absolutely, I think all of the top poker players that I have ever spoken to, ever interviewed, that. That is kind of a common thread. Hard work. <laughs> like, hard work. You know, hard yeah, when people look at it from the outside, when they're hoping or wishing that they could be, you know, a poker star, staying up late and having this, you know, great lifestyle, I don't think it always translates. No, actually, it's an enormous amount of work and dedication and you have to have such discipline. Like, it's not, it's not the rock and roll lifestyle all the time that people think it is from the outside. Well, yeah. not only all the time, it's almost never. <laughs> it's almost never that's that. Yeah, it's fair. So it sounds like the way that you grew up and the way that you were raised really informed your character into being this person who is very driven, who works themselves really very hard. So kind of going to these questions, these 36 questions to fall in love kind of idea. Um, if you could change anything about the way that you were raised, what would it be? Absolutely nothing. Really? Wow. Absolutely nothing. Zero. I think huh. I've had I've had the absolutely best family that one could have. Mm. Uh, my mom, I think, was a borderline genius. She spoke three languages. She was an IT Oof. engineer. She could write a poem just as well as she could prove the theorem. Um, <laughs> she was she was just amazing. Um, my dad was also an engineer and now he's a businessman and he is, he's an extremely strong person, like mm -hmm. extremely strong willed. And I think I've got that from him. Uh, and I have a brother who's, you know, who loves me dearly and all, and I get all the support from, you know, from him and from my dad because my mom passed away a long time ago. Mm, uh, I, I think, I think I have the best family that one could wish for. And I grew up in a lot of love. I mean, a lot of discipline and a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, like I said, I was beaten at times, but maybe that did help me to become, you know, as strong a person as I am now. Hmm. Wow. So is there anything that you've dreamed about doing for a long time that you haven't done yet? 
It feels no. like you're the kind of person who would just go no. for it. <laughs> I just know. I always know what I want. And that's what uh, my friends has always been like, oh, you know, lucky you, you always know what you want. I always huh. know what I want and I always go for it. Yeah. Well, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment in life? Uh, I would say that it is the ability to stay true to myself under any circumstances at any wow. age, at mm. any time. I don't bend. I don't compromise on my life principles. Like hmm. I'm not just gonna, I'm not just gonna lie. I'm not gonna kiss anybody's ass. I'm not gonna do any of that if I don't, you know, if 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 situation. I don't agree with situation. I'm just not going to be in it. I'm going to walk away no matter what's what the cost is. Huh. I'm always saying true to myself, and I think I think it's an accomplishment because there are so many, you know, situations in life where, you know, you might one might think, you know, they need to compromise with yeah. their morals or whatnot, and I'm just not doing it. Huh? What do you think? Some of your like major um, kind of moral ideals are like, what are some of the things that for you are just deal breakers really in terms of interacting with other people or, or what you do or don't do? It's honesty and loyalty. Right. Those are the two major ones because I always even, um, I always say to my friends or to my son or whoever, I said, look, if you did something and you know, you know, it's not good. Don't try to tell me stories to cover things up. I would respect more and appreciate more if you just have the courage to tell me the truth. Yeah. I will forgive. You know, I will understand. I will try to put myself in your shoes and I will respect your honesty, but yeah. I will not deal with you lying and trying to, you know, cover things up. Mm -hmm. So yeah. honesty and loyalty. Betrayal yeah. is not, is not acceptable either. Yeah. Are you kind of like a, you have a one chance with me kind of person? Like you're, you have very high standards, which I personally think is a really good thing. Like strong boundaries and high standards in terms of your personal life, super important, I would say for happiness. So is it kind of like a one and done with you? Uh, with most people. Yeah. It's yeah. very, it's very rarely, extremely rare where I would consider uh, giving somebody a second chance. It's yeah. extremely rare. I've done it. Uh, but it's extremely, extremely rare, and it happens even less and less the older I get. Right. Yeah, it's funny getting older, isn't it? That um, just kind of it's have a lot funny, less tolerance. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't have time or patience or energy for kind of bullshit. So. <laughs> yeah, speaking of tolerance, um, it's not just tolerance; it's stamina as well. And I wanted to, yeah, you know, I was thinking about you know this whole GPI thing, you know, and how much stamina it takes. And not only, um, you know, to win female, but to win overall, I was just thinking about it. And I kind of um, made this conclusion that like no person over the age of 35 <laughs> is ever going to win player of the year, like ever, meaning like the main yeah. title, the yeah, um, yeah. GPI. I'd, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Even 35 is, is a high kind of a yeah. number simply because, um, you know, in order to win, you have to grind consistently. In order to grind consistently, you have to be able to rest and recuperate mm -hmm. quite quickly. Uh, yeah. And age, you have to be single-minded. I mean, and you have to be single. That's yeah, true. you do. <laughs> just single-minded, <laughs> pretty much. Or, or your partner has to be doing the same thing, just like with Alex and Kristen. 
you know, right. they were, yeah. uh, they were added together, which, which helps a lot to be mm-hmm. in it, to be in it together. It's like two great minds, obviously. So it's kind of, you know, I thought to myself like, well, this is what it's going to be. And, you know, getting, um, a female GPI of the year is mm-hmm. really, you know, is really great because, uh, you know, it's no secret. I'm 45 and, uh, you know, it's, it's that much harder to play at night and sure. recuperate the next day and you don't always sleep well. It's not the same as it was even 10 years ago when I was 35. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It, it's very tough, not just mentally, but physically. It's absolutely, you know, draining. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I'm, I'm 46 and the way it feels now doing it is just completely different than 10 years ago. Like it'd be nice to have unlimited energy, but it's just, it's not it just doesn't case. happen. No, yeah. and I and about a year ago I quit coffee as well for Whoa. health reasons. So I'm like I'm like Whoa. Oh, no caffeine, no nothing. You know, barely <laughs> sugar. You know, I'm not like a you know, sugar person either. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, okay. You hear me, you know where we at. <laughs> oh, I do. Oh my gosh. I know exactly where you're at. Except somehow I found myself with like a three-year-old at this age. And... I was just going to say, I don't know how, you, how you're raising a child <sighs> at that Man. age. I just can't imagine how hard it, it is. Yeah. If it hadn't been a pandemic, I think it would have been a million a times easier. easier. For sure. But yeah, <laughs> I'm exhausted. That's pretty much it. Um, but I can't wait to get back to playing poker, but I have this very strong knowledge that when I do, the game is just so different. I mean, if you don't play for even a short amount of time, like a month, that's a really long amount of time. Yeah. That's a long time in poker. Like the game moves on. It doesn't, it's not just poker. And for people who play at a really high level, you know, they're not going to (laughs) take, how long has it been now? Stupid pandemic. I haven't played poker in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, It's ridiculous. So It's it's awful. Okay, another question. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about anything, your life, your future, something that already happened, what would you want to know? Are there any secrets that you're just dying to know? <laughs> um, I think the answer to this question is going to be pretty serious, and I think it involves mm-hmm. politics. Do you still want me to answer that? <laughs> oh man, we're gonna have wildly different views on this, aren't we? Um, no, this Not is your question. So yeah. okay, <laughs> um, I really don't want to know anything about myself. Okay, I, I really don't know. I don't want to know anything about my future. Maybe except for when do I finally win a tournament? <laughs> 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 right. Um, I really don't care. You know, life is life. Yeah, I'm just ready to live every day of it. You know, um, mm-hmm. kind of like whatever happens, I'm ready to deal with it. That's a healthy way to be. Yeah. Right. Uh, my past, I already know my past. I don't know. I don't need to know what to dig into it. You know, I don't want to know (laughs) about my past more than I already know. Uh, as to like, if I had a crystal ball, I think what I would like to know when the United States is going to restore law and order in the country, when people are going to get united again, I, gosh, it's really sad for me to see how America is running itself into the ground. I yeah. really would like to see when are we going to get a strong leader who will bring people together and stop the insanity and nonsense that is happening now. It's, yeah. you know, I'm still, you know, spending some time in Chicago because my son is there. 
And like, I don't feel safe there at all. Hmm. You know, it's worse than nineties in Russia. It's, I don't, I don't feel safe walking and not watching my back. I would like to know when this is going to stop. That that's what I would like to know. So, yeah, that's a, that's a big one, honestly, from the outside looking at the States. I mean, it's it's a mess. It's a, it's a a complete and utter mess. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, for me, I have family there, a lot of friends there, colleagues there. So yeah, it's it's not, you can't just like look at it and go, well, it's a mess. It's like, no, it's a mess. And it's genuinely hurting the people <laughs> who live Everybody. there. So I hope, I really hope that there's going to be some kind of ability to do that. It's hard to imagine how that's going to happen at this point, but I mean, it has to, so... We just need a new, a strong leader. We don't need anybody from the past. We don't need anybody who is there now, definitely. We just need Mm -hmm. somebody who's got fresh views and who can bring the country together. Because people are hating each other. Yeah, (laughs) they really are. It's it's pretty hard to to watch, that's for sure. Well, I hope, honestly, I hope that happens. I I hope so too. Yeah. Better sooner than later. God, yeah. (laughs) Especially living there, for sure. Yeah, such a great country. Yeah, I mean, it could be, absolutely. Again, so here's hoping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that is not a slight for any Americans that are listening to me talk about this, because, I mean, it's just really hard to watch so many people in such a big country just struggle Mm -hmm. so much, (laughs) you know, like... It's, and it's worrying because obviously as one of the leaders of the world, what happens there happens, well, it really affects Canada. Canadian For politics sure. has a, it has a, you know, a tendency to follow however many years behind, but still Absolutely. very closely to kind of American politics. And that's where I'm from. So mm-hmm. yeah, it does affect all of us for sure. Yeah. Okay. So Another let's question do, here. Let's, let's, what is, let's do that crystal ball. <laughs> Oh man! And see, it. I don't think I'd want to know that because I, it, I worry that. Oh, it's what if really it tells me that it's not going to happen? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Boy. Like, not anytime soon. I mean, it will. It'll have to happen, but I don't know how it's going to get there. Yeah, if it didn't give me the right answer, I wouldn't want to know. That's for sure. <laughs> now we don't want to know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Put the ball away. <laughs> we'll just live through it and deal mm. with it. Okay. Next question. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear, I think my biggest fear is to outlive my child. Oof. It's something that I could probably not deal with. I can deal with Mm -hmm. a lot. I can handle a lot. I have very high, you know, tolerance, willpower and all that. That one thing, I don't know. It's, yeah. it would be my biggest fear, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when I was a kid, my older sister had cancer and she's fine now, thankfully, but we did, we, the doctors did tell us that, you know, we needed to prepare mm. ourselves and I was quite young, but I, especially now that I'm a mom, when I think about my parents going through that, when I think particularly about my mother going through that, it's. Mm-hmm. It's unfathomable to me, honestly, how she managed it. I don't, yeah. I, I, I think it's like unbearable. I don't know. Like, I can't even, I yeah. can't. And it's kind of like, I got that fear, I think, like immediately as soon as I had my son. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you know, 
I don't yeah, know if I can. For sure. Yeah, it's a that's a really brutal part of, of parenthood for sure. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's incredibly common. I was reading some articles, I think, about the psychology of particularly motherhood and how for a lot of mothers, when they first have a child, especially their first child, they will have like these intrusive thoughts about like, what if this happens? What if that mm-hmm. happens? What if this happens? You know, I'm cooking on the stove. What if the pot knocks over? What if the windows open? And uh, apparently it has a lot to do with kind of like evolution and and being able to be aware of danger and keeping kids safe, but it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> like, like constantly running through all the like, what if this might happen? Now I need to prepare and make sure it doesn't. So it's, I don't know, man, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. The, the key is to try to let it go when they yeah, are sure. ready to become grown up. That's, mm. I really had a hard time doing that. I think I managed eventually, but uh, yeah. I maybe it was a little too late, but at least mm. I did it. It's It's very hard to let it go. How old is your son? He's 27 now. Yeah. 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 So. Man, that's wild. They you never stop being your kid. You have a 27-year-old. Yeah. They never <laughs> that's really children, wild. So. <laughs> yeah. Man. Okay. Um, if you knew that in one year that you were going to die suddenly, would you change anything about the way that you're living? No, absolutely not. Nice. I I just, you know, I do what I think is right for mm-hmm. myself. I don't, as I said earlier, I don't, you know, I don't bend for anything. I don't change my principles yeah. for anything. So why would I do it if I had only one year to live? Mm-hmm. No, nothing. Wow. Okay. What about one of your most treasured memories? What would that be like? Treasured memory. Mm. Yeah. Do you have kind of like a, I don't know, like a happy place or a memory that you kind of can go to in your head? Yeah, probably it's time with my mom. Mm. Maybe like the the last year, because I think right before she passed away, I finally grew up, I would say, mentally, mm-hmm. where I started understanding a lot about where she's coming from why she's doing what she's doing, what she's saying, mm-hmm. things she's saying. And I finally, you know, realized all that and, you know, developed a lot of respect for that. And we, our relationship has gotten even better. I mean, we always had a great relationship, but like the last year was really, you know, it was, it was just perfect. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, and then it ended, uh, Probably that time, like memories of my mom, you know, time spending that I spent with her. Um, I always kind of like a lot of times I even like when I go to bed, I kind of like, oh, please let me have a dream with my mom in it kind of thing. Yeah. So probably that. Hmm. Do you think it kind of informed the way you were a mother? Mm, I'm not sure. My mom Hmm. was a lot softer than I am. I'm a lot like my dad. I'm like a drill surgeon and I wish I wasn't. (laughs) And I I wish I wasn't. I wish I was, you know, maybe somewhat like my mom in that respect. Um, But um, unfortunately, well, I don't know whether it's unfortunately or not. I mean, I am who I am. Uh, Yeah. It probably would help, you know, with parenting being, you know, kind of like Mm. my mom, 
So Right. Yeah. Well, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any quality or ability, what would it be? Hmm. That's funny you should ask that. Hmm. Uh, kind of, I want to say a couple of weeks ago or something like that, I found, uh, kind of came across accidentally on Instagram. Uh, there was a, oh, if you were going to get one of these uh, superpowers, which one would you get? And we had <laughs> some of them listed. And I posted in our poker group and we were all, you know, oh, I would take that. I would take this. And we had like a tremendous discussion about it, like whether or cool. not. <laughs> so I actually have an answer for that. I pick, I would like to know all the answers. Oh, man. Uh, mainly poker answers. <laughs> so I'm just sitting at the table and like, oh, okay. Well, that's easy. But uh, yeah, probably, probably just know all the answers. Hmm. That would be incredible. Yeah. So outside of poker, what kind of, like any other kind of answers that kind of stick out to you? Like, Oh, like, like simple answers, you know, like in the conversation, I want to know all historical facts right on, on oh my top gosh. of my head, you know, I wow. just, I just want to know things like that. I want to be like a encyclopedia. <laughs> That's what I want to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. That kind of, Damn. those kind of answers. Okay. Well, then I kind not of the have answer, a... Not the crystal ball answers. No, not those. No. I want to know... The real answers. I want the real answers. I want all the facts. Huh. I know. I want to know all the numbers. I want to know stuff like that. So like Nadia Wikipedia. Exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> that would be would pretty be. amazing as a quality. That's what I want. Wow. Okay. Well, then I have an idea. What Is there a bonus the at the question. end of this podcast where I get to be that? No, oh, man, I wish. <laughs> I'm trying to absorb everybody's answers myself. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So this one, I think I know how you're going to answer, but we'll see. Um, If you were able to live to the age of 90 and keep either the mind or the body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want, the mind or the body? Hmm. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to prove you wrong as to how you Ah. think I'm going to answer. I don't want the mind of a 30-year-old. It's not good yeah. enough. Uh, oh, smart. If the, yes. <laughs> if yes. the question only comes down to 30. <laughs> so I will take the body because the body of a 30-year-old is absolutely Damn. Great. The mind yeah, of a 30-year-old, not good enough. So if you would have <laughs> offered me 45, now yep. the answer would have been different. But 30, yep. Until next year. Yeah, and then it'd be 46. <laughs> right. That's how I feel, I'll tell 46. you. Right. Damn right. So not good enough. Not taking it. Good for you, man. See, I feel like, see, for me, um, aging, I I mean, I, I, I quite like aging. It's definitely better than not aging, that's for sure. But I, I love the the experience and I like how much smarter I am. And, you know, I for me, it's worth being kind of tired <laughs> and having my knees creak a little bit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? What is the aging experience like for you? Um, no, different. I don't like aging. I, well, mm. I, I definitely like, you know, being smarter, being yeah. more, being wiser, you know, yeah. not being as emotional. I, cause I used to be, uh, I used to be like my way highway, you know, no compromise. I'm not like that, you know, anymore. I mm. definitely find compromise more often than I used to. Um, but aging, you know, also with that comes, you lose your sharpness. You're not as sharp. It's true. Yeah. You, you can't recuperate. You can't learn 
as much as quickly. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have two degrees and it was easy. Just like I wasn't even thinking about it. I was raising my kid, yeah. you know, finishing law school, doing it all, you know, with one hand, so to speak. Wow. And I was never tired. And uh, now here I am, you know, I, I won GPI and I only cried to you for like 15 minutes how hard it was, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, mentally and physically. Yeah. And that part I don't like because I still want to be able, you know, to do all that right. and mentally and physically, you know, and I, I don't like that. I can't do, uh, let's say, say workout routine as I was able to do like five years ago, you know, stuff like right. that. I don't like aging. I want to be, hmm. I wish I could live to 90 in a 25 or 30 year old body with the mind of a 90 year old and then just die in my sleep. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. So I could just I get, get things done. <laughs> I don't like slowing yeah. down. I don't. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I can see that. I mean, we don't know each other aside from this podcast, but you do seem like an incredibly driven person. Like you want to know all the answers. You're not the kind of person who wants to <laughs> slow down and pet a cat and uh, <laughs> take a quiet walk every afternoon. And that's about it. I have a plan for after I'm 65, I'm planning to have a dog. <laughs> nice. Eventually. <Okay>. Eventually. <laughs> When well, I you saw, can't have one while you're traveling. It makes no, it too hard. So. It's unfair to yeah. the pet. Very unfair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Uh, only a couple of questions left. This one, if you and I were to become close friends, what's something that I should know about you? Um, I think that's the question that I marked. <laughs> uh, I really, um, I think the um, the main things are the same as uh, from the different question about like, what do you value in the relationship the most right. or something like that? You just need to know that honesty and lo- loyalty are the two major things and everything mm-hmm. else, you know, everything else is whether or not, you know, we're compatible together. Yeah. You know, everything else I'll, I'll deal with, you know, I'll, I'll do anything for you for friends, you know, I'll do anything I can, but I, right. I just, I just won't. I just won't um, tolerate, you know, dishonesty and betrayal. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. those, are the, those are the main things in anything, business relationship, personal, you know, friendship, anything. Mm-hmm. I think those, yeah. are the, those are the key uh, stones, so, so to speak. Okay. Last question. Your house, including everything you own, catches fire. After saving your loved ones and your pets, you have time to safely make one final dash in to save any one item. What would it be? Um, photo albums. Mm-hmm. The ones that are, you know, now we have all the digital photos and you don't need to save it. You can always recover it from the computer one <laughs> way or the other. But all the photos that were taken when I was a child with my mom, right. when my kid was a child, you know, like a little child, really, those mm-hmm. are pressures. Like, I don't know, documents, I can always restore them, you know, jewelry yeah. or whatever. It's all insured. I can always buy a new one, you know, if I really need it. Uh, but that, those memories, I mean, what am I going to do when I'm 90? I'm going to go through yeah. those photo albums. You know, <laughs> with your dog. Yeah. <laughs> with, with my dog. Right. <laughs> and those, yeah. you know, if, if, if they're lost to fire, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't be able to restore them. 
So yeah. the photo albums, as many as I can grab in one, on one trip. <laughs> okay. Well, that was our last question. Um, I really enjoyed getting to know you better. Thank you very much for coming on and for opening up like the way you have. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It really, really, uh, I like this format when you're trying to uh, learn the person from that standpoint. It's really something mm. new and unique. And uh, I really liked it when you first sent it to me saying, oh, I'm going to ask you not poker questions, but like personal <laughs> questions. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I really like that. So I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm grateful for you to having me on this podcast. Thank you so much, Kara. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And I think it's really good for people who play poker or who are poker enthusiasts to be able to kind of look inside the life and the mind and the heart of people who are, you know, at the top of the game. So congratulations again on the GPI award, because that is just, that's a pretty incredible one to have on your mantelpiece. And, and it's, I, yeah. And the story with giving away the, the poker seats as well, kind of on top of that, it just, it's a really great way for us to be looking at women in poker. And thank you very much for being that for women in poker. Thank you. And hope uh, this upcoming year I could do maybe a little more. We'll see. Okay. Well, thank you again. And thanks to everybody who's listening. I hope that you feel like you know the person behind the cards and the results even better now. And join me next time on The Heart of Poker, sponsored by 888 Poker. <laughs>